0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King. Welcome to Game Day. Thanks everybody for joining in today on the pregame pod. If you guys are listening to this on Saturday morning, hopefully before the game, Auburn kicks off tonight, 6:30 Central Time against Texas A&M on SEC Network. Not only is it the last home game of the season, but I was looking, it's actually the last home SEC home game, not the last home game, it's the last SEC home game, until week five of next year when they host Georgia. So biggest home game for a while. So uh, I would say, hope everybody gets out and enjoys it, but uh, it already seems like that's going to be the case. Of course, the game is sold out. Been a lot of energy around this one. We are going to get some perspective, though, today from the other side of things. The other 3-6 and six SEC West team that is riding a five-game losing streak Um, Just like we all expected when we looked at this one in the preseason. We're joined today by uh, Andrew Hattersley of Gigum 24-7. And, Andrew, these teams look kind of similar on the surface. But on one hand, you have a team that was picked to finish last in the West that kind of most people thought they'd fire the head coach. So here we are with both of those things being very high possibilities. Obviously, one of them has already happened. You have the other side where Texas A M was picked second in the West, and it is really, really melted down for them this season. I guess just the most simplistic introduction question for you is what in the world has happened in college station this year?
2: Yeah, we were kind of talking about this earlier in the week that, you know, these two teams met last year and college football playoff rankings. And it was a top 15 matchup, huge matchup. Both were looking to rally down the stretch and, and the wheels have come off for, for both programs. Uh, There's a couple places you can go with, with this obviously started the season ranked as, the number six team in the AP poll uh, had that disastrous loss to Appalachian state actually bounced back a little bit. Um, it wasn't perfect with wins over Miami and Arkansas. And they turned to the, one of the, one of the big problems has been as the quarterback position. They've now, now under their third quarterback. And I think the one that people feel best about moving forward with Connor Wickman. but started the year with, Haynes King as the starter didn't really work out there. Went to Max Johnson. He got a couple starts actually looked okay. Not great, but okay. And you could tell that the, the veteran sec presence of him uh, helped. He gets hurt against Mississippi state. They go back to Haynes King who plays pretty well against Alabama. I think probably his best game of the season comes back after the bye week. uh, they get off to a terrible start against South Carolina and um, turn to Connor Wigman. Uh, injuries have been, have been one of the big storylines, especially up front. Uh, they've lost Bryce Foster who started the year, missed the first couple of games um, with mono came back for a couple of games, then got hurt against Alabama and is out for the year. Layden Robinson's been battling injuries all year long. So he's, he's been up and down, um akia gunby has been up and has is was began the year as a starter and um, he got hurt as well so he's out for the year and so they've just had a like a boatload of injuries up front um along the defense as well they've had injuries in the secondary suspensions um on two separate occasions they had suspensions before the miami game of four guys denver harris um and chris marshall as two of them had more suspensions after the south carolina game um again denver harris and, and chris marshall they haven't played since that game and so been without them uh, and so it's you know the struggles have have been across the board especially at the quarterback position though and um connor Wigman's kind of the bright spot there they're hoping for for big things from him uh to close out the year but they've scored over 24 points just one time against an FBS opponent this year that was against Ole Miss They ended up losing the game. But I think people kind of came out of it thinking, Hey, you know, this offense looked a lot better under kind of Wigman. And could, could that maybe be, be an answer going forward, Uh, but just really disappointing across the, across the board.
1: I feel like I know the answer to this question, but I also feel like it has to be asked. It let's let's go chalk here and assume they lose the games that they are favored to lose. Let's assume they lose to Auburn and they lose to LSU. And they go four and eight with with a win there over UMass. Is Jimbo's job safe?
2: You know, I think that's been kind of the 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 big question all year long. And the and the truth of the matter is he's locked into a long-term contract, which he signed when LSU was was pushing for him last year. And so there was, there was kind of talk about that. He signed it before the year coming off the nine and one year. And so they're, they're locked into quite a lengthy deal with him of guaranteed money. Um, I think the biggest thing when talking to people and I think the feeling around college station is there'll just be massive staff changes at the end of the season, Um, especially along the offensive side of the ball. There's been a lot more talk about potentially bringing in an offensive coordinator and having Jimbo Fisher uh, give up the play calling duties. I think that's been response number one, Um, potentially looking at changes at the offensive line. Um, Damian Craig's a guy that, that is being moved over to quarterbacks. Um, But, you know, could they look to bring in a guy that can, that can coach quarterbacks? James Coley has actually done a nice job with the receivers, um, has some good ties to South Florida. And so I think he's a guy that, if you're looking at, at guys that would, that would stay on, I think he's certainly one that, that they would love to keep. And Tommy Robinson has, has done a good job with a guy like Devon Achein. Um, you know, so I, I, I think they're good with him, but um, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of change in the off because they really don't have a choice. You can either accept paying a massive buyout or work with Jimbo Fisher to try to make, massive changes and, 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 and address some of the problems and things that have gone wrong. I think truthfully, that's, that's kind of the probably their best option in terms of, in terms of what they can really do um, given the contract situation.
1: It has somewhat of a feel, not completely because Jimbo is, is like Jeff Bezos level right now, but you know, Gus Malzahn, I remember after his big contract, then you had the next few seasons feeling like things were just really stagnant. It hadn't gotten this disastrous, but that was the feeling. It was like, all right, couple changes here and there. Maybe this can improve. And he refused to, to make any of those. And yeah. so that's that's why we are where we are now. Um, you mentioned the quarterbacks. Talk to me a little bit about the situation right now with, with Wegman, who obviously could not go against Florida. They, they reinsert Haynes King, who I understand got injured against South Carolina. So it's been a whole thing. This is like very standard disastrous season stuff. It's like you got injuries, you've got the suspension stuff. Now you have the flu, and then on top of all that, your your quarterback situation you thought you had at the beginning of the year has been completely just kind of thrown out. What what do you expect to see from that position on Saturday?
2: Yeah, kind of par for the course, right? When you're having a terrible season, it seems like everything that can go wrong could go wrong. You know, I think there was kind of a, a feeling of of optimism, believe it or not, coming off that Ole Miss game because Connor Wickman had had got the start set a true freshman record in terms of passing yards and had four touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, The offense looked to be really humming. He got Evan Stewart involved. You know, they, they got Moose Muhammad going a little bit. And so everybody was kind of feeling, you know, kind of feeling good about themselves. And then the flu bug kind of hits and, and, you know, even guys like Devon Achein that played this past weekend against Florida uh, Jimbo Fisher said he was a guy that that kind of was able to recover enough late in the week to be able to go kind um, of Wigman was a guy that there was kind of a thought late in the week, he might be able to be cleared to to go against Florida didn't end up happening, um, you know, kind of had kind of kind of resurfaced and and um, took a turn for the worst about 24 hours before kickoff and so you had to go back to Haynes King um, turnovers were again a storyline with him, and so now it's back to Connor Wigman this weekend. I think the thing with Connor Wigman is is the offense seemed to have a better tempo to it, um, and he got the ball out to playmakers. Um, he made mistakes, as every freshman's going to make. He took a couple sacks in a right before halftime against Ole Miss that ended up costing them three points and um, ended up being kind of the difference in the game, but he had he led them right down the field on his first two drives. A&M was up 14 to 10, rolling, feeling good about things. Um I think he was perfect on the first two drives. And so as an A&M fan, you were thinking, wow, this is this is this is this is what fans have been waiting for all year long is to kind of see the offense operate in this. They kind of stagnated a little bit, and that's been one of the problems. For the for for Am is even against Florida they had 24 points in the first half come out in the second in the third quarter and have like 33 yards total in the third quarter and then two fumbles in the fourth quarter and you don't score in the second half I think they've they've been really really bad in the second half this year but you know with Connor Wigman he's a he's a guy that um, was a was a baseball player um is an elite baseball prospect as well expected to play baseball at am and you can kind of see he has a bit of a calming demeanor to him even for a freshman there's not a lot that that really rattles him he kind of rolls with with the flow he actually came in in the third quarter against South Carolina in really a terrible situation to have to make your debut with with that place was rocking and you know they were trailing had to throw the ball a ton behind a bad offensive line just a ter- worst possible situation you could possibly ask a a freshman quarterback to have to make his debut and you know he bounces back the next week against Ole Miss and plays really really well, and so I think fans do kind of want to see what what does this look week weekend look like. I don't think a lot of people know. They could look terrible. They could look great, and that's just kind of the way this season goes. To be honest with you, I think that there, there's optimism that having him uh, under the quarterback spot gives you something to to move forward with next year. Because quite frankly, like I think a lot of struggling programs they've dealt with too many turnovers too much inconsistency and haven't been able to get to you know haven't been able to move the ball consistently despite the fact that evan stewart has actually been pretty good for his freshman year and 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 really delivered on expectations there
0: ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: I'm glad you mentioned Evan Stewart because I wanted Mm -hmm. to, to get a bit of an update just not an not even update. It's almost a season's worth of work from these, the, the best recruiting class in the history of football. Um, yeah. I know there's been a, a couple of guys who have really stood out on this team. Uh, every time I turn on Texas A&M, Evan Stewart is making some sort of catch. I've never seen any human make in my entire life. And so that's why I'm really excited to see him go up against DJ James, who has like the fourth best targeting rate in college football this season. That should be an awesome, awesome matchup between a couple of future NFL players. Just overall, how how has this freshman class contributed this season? You mentioned injuries and and how many guys they've missed this year. Has that has that given these freshmen maybe an increased opportunity as opposed to what they would have had if things just went according to plan this year?
2: Yeah, they're playing a ton of freshmen. I think they've had twenty at least, I think they had twenty-two freshmen playing against Florida. And so pretty much everybody for the most part, outside of a couple guys coming back from injuries, Bobby Taylor and grab Gabriel brown Lloyd Dindy are two, who still been nursing injuries coming into the year that, that haven't seen action. But otherwise a lot of these freshmen have got out there and, and, and played and, and at times played really well. And at times, as you would expect as freshmen really struggled, I think. Yeah. Everything kind of starts front and center with, with Evan Stewart. You know, the first couple of games were, were kind of quiet. Um, and then they've now really got him involved in the offense. And if you look at you – know, I mean, he's got the most receiving yards for a freshman in the SEC, a freshman receiver in the SEC. I'm not sure when people kind of looked at this A&M offense, thought that he would he would be that guy leading the SEC among freshmen receivers looking at this AM and m offense. But he's, he's really been the go-to guy. He's made some special catches. He made two against Alabama and then one against Ole Miss that were just catches where he, you leave yourself scratching your head, thinking how in the world did he catch it? And he's actually been a really good leader for this team. Um, he's been one of the more positive guys around the locker room with Jimbo Fisher preaching patience. Um, So everything there has actually been pretty positive on, on that front. Um, another guy who's kind of come on late in the year and Jimbo Fisher said he's, he's, he's really progressed. Um, he's now starting at left guard is Cam Dewberry. Um, and another guy who who came in and against Alabama um, played pretty well, uh, and and is is the guy that I think they would they hope moving forward can be that guy at the left guard position. Um, and then Bryce Anderson's another guy that was highly recruited coming out of high school, super smart, great leadership. Um, he also got caught up in the with the flu bug, and so did not play this past weekend against Florida. Uh, we'll see what his availability is going into this weekend. I think there's there's optimism he'll be back as well. But uh, a guy that, that has been thrown into some tough situations, some big spots, um, and played pretty well. Jacoby Matthews, Jared Kerr have been other guys in the secondary that have have seen plenty of playing time and, and impressed at times. And so they, they've not been shy about throwing these young guys out there. And Donovan Green's another one at tight end um they've thrown these freshmen out and and they're they're learning on the fire under 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 fire they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna be better coming out of this for sure um uh, being in some tough moments but it, they're going through the natural growing pains that that you would expect in freshmen but um they certainly have not been shy about playing a lot of them shamar stewart walter nolan you know white they've all played
1: give me a couple X factors, maybe on, on both sides of the ball, maybe guys you have mentioned or have, haven't mentioned that you think are going to be key for Texas A&M in this game for Auburn fans listening right now in the morning to kind of keep in the back of their head and say, all right, I need to be, I need to know where that guy is on the field in the game.
2: I think Donovan green, certainly one that I'd mentioned, he kind of came along against, against Alabama. Uh, and then was a guy that they've, they've increasingly relied on more and more um, as the season's, Got along has kind of emerged. There was a question coming into the year about who would kind of emerge at that tight end spot. I think he's he's an intriguing one for sure to to kind of know. And then I think when when folks are looking at this running back spot, Devon Hachin's the guy who's primarily gotten a lot of the a lot of the carries and the buzz, but Le'Veon Moss is another name that has kind of come along lately, starting to get a few more carries here and there. They they are desperately looking for a a second guy to emerge as a running back. And, and it's one of those things he could get six carries this week. He could get four, but I think f- folks are kind of waiting for that guy to emerge. And, 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 you know, he's, he's, he's looked good at times. And um I think it's just more, is he going to be able to get an opportunity? And, you know, when you talk to Jimbo Fisher about it, he says, they just, they've been looking to get that second guy and they just haven't had the ball enough to really be able to, to have somebody emerge and, and have, and have somebody come through. And then, you know, he, he quietly goes about his business, but uh, Moose Muhammad is, is somebody who's having a really, really good year. He's, he stepped forward. There was a lot of anticipation about, you know, him coming in, son of a, son of a former NFL player uh, and catches just about everything in his direction. And, and I think that's been a really positive development on the uh, on the on the on the defensive side of the ball and on the offensive side of the ball excuse me and then moving over the defense uh, you know they need some guys to emerge up front McKinley Jackson's a guy that and I think has has played well at times they need more consistency out of him is is kind of the anchor in the middle of that defense and and uh, but they need they need some more guys to play consistency on that side of the ball because you know they look at at a guy like Tank Bigsby. They give up 390 yards on the ground to Ole Miss two weeks ago. Didn't really defend the run well against Florida either. And so um, they do need some guys to emerge on that side of the ball. And and you know, everything we we kind of talked about early in the week about fitting your gaps and being disciplined and all those sorts of. That's all AM's struggled with the exact same stuff. And so um, you know they need some guys to to be more sound on that side of the ball.
1: Luckily, there's a lot of interest in this one from the from the Auburn side. You obviously have that the investment from them wanting to get behind their inter, interim coach. And then I mm-hmm. I hesitate to say that people, uh, you know, are kind of looking at Texas A&M and almost rooting against them, uh, you know, just because of how badly
2: this they have be- kind of become a villain this this year. It feels like that recruiting class. There's there's been there's been kind of a villain feel to it.
1: Yeah. And so I think I think this will actually be a pretty uh, people will actually be tuned into this one. On Saturday, uh, a score prediction, if you would like, if you have not, you know, for for transparency, recording this earlier in the week, you guys are listening on Saturday, but if you've not gotten to that point yet, that's fine. But just a um, couple keys for Texas a And M if they're going to win this game, and then maybe your prediction for how you see the f- action playing out on Saturday.
2: Yeah. So just based on on what I saw against Ole Miss and kind of the way the offense functioned against 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 that group. I'll go thirty-one twenty-eight A and M with with Connor Wigman kind of getting back to to playing the way, and getting this offense playing back to the and looking to build off the way they played in that game. Um, I'll give you a couple of keys. The first is is up front. The last time A and M went on the road had eight false starts against South Carolina. Just got off to a terrible start. Got behind the chains. Couldn't run the ball. Um, and so. You know, limiting the penalties, limiting the false starts, stay, keeping composed. They're limiting the turnovers. Turnovers have really been conveniently that old miss game didn't have any turnovers and they put up their best offensive output of the season. So that's uh, that, that's the second one I'd go with. And then getting off to a fast start, you know, looking at that South Carolina game, they were down 17 to nothing within six minutes of that game getting underway. And basically the game felt like it was over from that point on. They had, an interception, a fumble, and a kickoff return for a touchdown, all within the first six minutes. It was a disaster. And so, you know, getting off to a fast start, which is something they did against Florida, did against Ole Miss. I think they've been better about that. Um, uh, but I think I think the biggest key for me, and and what I think will 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 kind of be the difference is they're gonna they're gonna ride Devon Achain. And um, you know, I think I think he could have a big day against this the sovereign defense he's he's just such a game-breaking threat can take it on any moment um for a touchdown so i think i think he'll build off last week has has been getting some more running room and and those are kind of some of the keys that i see to the game
1: andrew hattersley you can follow him on twitter at andrew hats with two t's gigam 24 7 if you guys want the opposition insight over there from our sister site in the SEC West. Andrew, thank you so much for hopping on today. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the podcast. If you did, please go leave us a five-star review. That's the number one thing that helps us out. The bumper music, as always, is Beats by Mordecai. You guys can follow him on Twitter, SoundCloud, and Instagram. Till the next episode, have the reaction show with Jason after the game. We'll catch you guys later. Everybody enjoy the game. Talk to y'all soon.